0: Welcome back to Aligning America. I'm your host, Vincent Miller, and let's get into things. All right. Number one, we have Donald Trump flipping the script on everybody. We've had four years of a Donald Trump presidency where we had the so-called hashtag resistance of uh, middle-aged white people who wanted to pretend like they were fighting on the front lines of some epic war, epic battle. Um, Instead, Donald Trump has now claimed that title. He is resisting. He and the MAGA folk are resisting. They will fight them on Twitter. They will fight them on Facebook. They will fight them on Parler, even though there's no one to fight on Parler because it's a failed social media site. But it, regardless, Donald Trump has, has vowed that he will not give in, even as people abandon him all around, one after another. I mean, people that, quite frankly, I was expecting to stick with him or stick with this this, you know, resistance. Far past the point that he could have, tenably speaking. Uh, you have world leaders internationally congratulating Joe Biden. Prominently, of course, the Pope being uh, Joe Biden being the second Catholic president of the United States, uh, somewhat impactful. Uh, Xi Jinping, uh, Vladimir Putin. These leaders are starting to waffle on these things, and you you know you throw it back to 2016. Um, Donald Trump was was quoting Vladimir Putin. Uh, when he talked about Hillary's you know inability to give up in the race her her staunch opposition to giving Donald Trump a victory and uh it, it is so ironic situational irony is is priceless um now of course Putin isn't uh, publicly saying anything about Donald Trump's inability to concede but uh you have to imagine that that somewhere on the inside he's he's probably laughing to himself so you know it's it's not that it's untenable for Donald Trump to to continue his position because obviously he will. Uh, rather, it's 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 a very ineffective and somewhat disgraceful thing to do um, as the leader of the free world and as the president of the United States. He was democratically elected and now he's been democratically unelected. It is difficult to watch as these norms as you know Donald Trump has been a glass ceiling breaker, a a a norm breaker. He is a non-politician, the first non-politician to hold the role of president in, in oh so many years. Again, not that this is new. This is not should shouldn't shock anyone from a Donald Trump perspective, but from the perspective of someone who, you know, enjoys a working government, or at least a government that is stable. It, it, it is largely concerning to see Donald Trump act like this. It's largely concerning to hear some of the things he says. Um, but again, you know, you can't control that. Uh, he's his own man, and and he's got people who back him up. You've got people like Rudy Giuliani, who uh, was interviewed, uh, was quoted as saying, you know, he can't be arrested because he's the president's man. And there's these these people who are thinking that, oh, maybe Donald Trump will step down and Pence will pardon him of all crimes uh, just before they leave office, which is a horrifying thought. Um, and, and, and back in the primaries, Andrew Yang was quoted as saying he would pardon President Trump uh, in regards to the, the Russian uh, election interference stuff, just to, to decrease political tension. And even then, I was unsure of, of stances like that. And there were people who, who said stuff. I mean, you know, you look at people. Uh, Nixon was was pardoned uh, just to decrease the partisan divide that was going on back then. Um and it, it, it wasn't so much that, of course, it, it wasn't that we weren't separated on partisan lines back then. It was rather people had the, you know, the wherewithal, the bigger brain to think, you know, this isn't going to help us get anywhere. Um, so it, it was a good step back then, uh, even though he was convicted of a crime uh, and, and and quite obviously was was in the wrong. I thought it was a good idea then. As of now. It is no longer him trying to get a political edge. It is no longer Trump trying to, you know, get ahead in personal standings. It's not even him abusing the office for personal gain. At this point, he's actively trying to lame duck, sabotage a democratic process on his way out. And and this is seen in, in nearly all of his actions. In between inciting violence on, on social media, he was reposting videos by uh, Andy No, a very popular uh, Asian reporter who is, is famous for doctoring video, videos, not not actually editing them, but just uh, cutting out bits and pieces to make it look, you know, of, of course, like the there was a video that Donald Trump supporters were getting attacked by Antifa members when in the full context of the video, it was the Antifa members who were attacked first. Um, so it, it, it's really just him trying to to gaslight people. And, and it's unfortunate because Donald Trump is playing into this. He's playing into this, you know, the Democrats and Antifa are far leftists who want to kill you. And he's hoping that that's going to give him a surge in popularity, which will allow him to stay in the White House. And it's not going to happen, largely because a lot of people have been disillusioned about most of the Antifa stuff. And the longer that the general election went on, we saw the, the more and more that Joe Biden made it very clear that he doesn't support them. So it's and, and again, there's a lot of people who say, well, Joe Biden needed the radical left. He needed the far left. No, he didn't. He really didn't. It wasn't it wasn't the far left Antifa anarchists that were going out to show up for Joe Biden this general election. So I, I think that this it, it, that's why it doesn't play. It's not so much that the messaging isn't on point. It's just that it, it is so frankly untrue and, and difficult to believe that Donald Trump has no sway with it. And, and that's unfortunate for his camp. But at the same time, he's trying to ruin a democratic institution. And of course, I think there's a the level of hierarchy there that puts him in the wrong. And again, I'd like to reiterate that this this entire position that Donald Trump is holding to, I think he is is very much aware that it is not going to go on for much longer. He can hold out. While he's in office legally, but I think he will leave. I can't imagine him staying, because even though he's attempting, you know, very rapidly to replace people in positions of power with people that that support him in another bid. I mean, it, it's already been said that the White House Chief of Staff is, is planning, quote unquote, for a second term of the Trump presidency. Uh, I think again, this is all for show. If they can convince people to, you know, bend on their side, if you can get court, you know, and and public opinion. That's a very powerful thing. If public opinion swung for Trump, then you could see the courts siding with the people. But again, it's not going to happen, and and that's difficult for Trump to stomach because I think uh, the irony is 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 such that it's it's a painful loss. As we have all the ballots and and votes and and now electoral college votes being sent in, it does indeed look like it's going to be 306 for Biden, which is the exact margin that Donald Trump beat Hillary by and was very very proud of. So it's it's somewhat ironic there and comical of course but it's also difficult for for Donald Trump to hold this position because i don't think he truly believes that he won uh he tweeted out earlier this morning and people of course have been jumping on the bandwagon for it he said he won because in reference to Biden uh, seemingly being a freudian slip admitting that he knows that Biden won um and of course he re you know deleted the tweet and retweeted something saying you know he uh he won in the eyes of the media too late, you know, Internet is forever. So people have already kind of caught up on that. And and it's it's getting difficult because when people like Chris Christie, when people like John Bolton come out of the woodwork to go on Fox News and say, you know, you got to start telling the Fox News constituents that uh, <laughs> that this isn't true. He was on Fox News telling Fox News anchors that they need to start telling people that Joe Biden won because this is just blatantly partisan um, and and again, it's one of those things where it's it's not so much that Donald Trump doesn't want to fool everyone. I think he knows that he lost and everyone else knows he lost. And the facade is slowly starting to fall away as people as that date draws near. Because if you get to the transitional period in the early year uh, 2021 and Donald Trump is still spewing the fact that he won, that he won't leave, whoever's left with him and, and is, is fighting for that ideal, by the time that Joe Biden gets in office, you better bet yourself that they're going to be prosecuted. You better bet yourself that they will be prosecuted for some level of undermining democratic processes. And that's not a place they want to be if they want to elongate, you know, their uh, democratic tenure uh, as a representative or just as someone in the media. It's, it's not a place you want to be. So with that, you know, that thought in mind, I think it's it's important to remember that this is truly just Trump trying to trick people. It, it's no longer a, a matter of him truly being convicted of something. You know, him thinking that he's right. That that's not it anymore. Uh, and and people are starting to notice, and that's why the longtime Trump sycophants are starting to break with him. And I think that's a that's a an important step in him eventually conceding a, and and leading to a Joe Biden presidency. Now, why does Trump think he has a leg to stand on here? Because this is an interesting topic to discuss. The fraud topic, the topic of you know, widespread, either dead people voting, people voting twice, illegal people, you know, people non, with non-citizenship voting, uh, you know, people moving to other states to vote this is a new popular one. Um, what, what is the argument to that, and what are the, you know, the stats, what are the, the facts to back that up? Well, unfortunately for Donald Trump, there isn't a single case of fraud, na- nationally speaking. There are state-specific issues of fraud. Uh, largely there were some electric ballot issues in in multiple states and that was because it was run by a single company and of course that's one of the things where i think that privatization of these matters is a problem it's also difficult to balance between a private company running a public election and then the government in power running the election because of course you could rig it for yourself theoretically speaking we saw this way back in the democratic primaries this you know 2020 um we saw I believe that the company name was Shadow, which, of course, is just an awful name for anything relating to any sort of democracy. But I, it was the company and it was run by a spouse of a Pete Buttigieg supporter. So, of course, there's obvious conflict of interest. They were the ones who ran the apps in the Iowa caucuses and whatnot. And that was bad. So you look at companies like Dominion here in in, in Georgia, and they're being accused of, of either throwing out ballots or not allowing ballots to process, it's, it, it makes sense because in our human minds, that's what we would want to believe. That seems like a likely outcome, and I think that's largely because people are skeptical, people are worried. Uh, when so much is on the line, of course, you you want to point fingers. But again, the election experts have showed us and they have proved to us that it is not fraudulent by any means. There were mechanical errors, but they were corrected by hand. If you got a ballot and you if you were mailed a a ballot and you voted and sent in your mail and ballot, well, one, that's illegal. And I'm sorry to hear you did that. But two, it doesn't matter because as soon as they see two of the people with the same name, same signature, one of them gets thrown out. The interesting thing is, is not both of them get thrown out, but only one. So your vote still counted. Uh, you don't have to worry about that, even if you tried to vote illegally. Now, in some states, of course, y- you go to two different polling places and you vote and you yeah, there was a document of this in 2016. But it was a Trump supporter, of course, and they were proud about voting twice and they were actually on probation. But regardless, um, this is not something that is widespread. And, and again, the number of, of dead people receiving ballots, it's not really an issue because if a dead person receives a ballot, guess what? They can't fill it out. You can't, you can't sign a dead person's name because the registry will catch that. If you were sent an extra ballot, it doesn't matter. You could be sent 14 ballots and then 13 of them will be nullified. It's not an issue. So I think that's a widespread misconception that they just put them all through and it's just a counting machine. You know they have a big D on them or a big R, and they send them through a machine and it counts them. That's not how it works. There's a lot more election, you know, based integrity in our democratic system, and it's something that's lost on a great number of people. That I think it leads to this sort of discourse where you can accuse people of things even when neither of you have any idea of how the process works, uh, and and that is that is what brings us to the court cases that Donald Trump is trying to push here, trying to either throw out ballots or to to use legal. Uh, presuppositions that that should nullify votes uh, based on very fringe laws in the states that he lost. You can look at this at, at, you know, Pennsylvania and Arizona being big two Georgia as well. These very close states that Donald Trump lost. Uh, He was expecting to win, of course, especially Georgia and Arizona. Uh, In Pennsylvania, we saw A lot of people who they have very strict mail in rules, but there was an extension granted for those who had to verify the signature on ballots that were already postmarked at, you know, a day before they were due to be turned in for the electoral process. Uh, these people, I believe, it was, it was some 2,000 from Philadelphia. I don't know the rates all across the nation, but of course, in, in big Democratic cities, this is what Donald Trump was looking for for those votes to be thrown out, and he actually did succeed in this court case because a, a a an extension was granted for those who were unable to verify their signature on their ballot, even though they had turned it in before the the you know due time. and and these people who then went and and made sure that their signature was correct or either signed the signature who had forgotten to those ballots were thrown out there's some 2000 in philadelphia like i said and and some number across but of course those are small numbers when you lose by a few ten thousands, that's an issue for donald trump because that's not going to be enough to swing it because unfortunately for him as well a good number of those are going to be republican granted it won't be 50 50 Uh, But it'll probably be something like 70-30 based on the stats of people, Democrats and Republicans, who mailed in in Pennsylvania. So looks bad for Donald Trump. Looks bad. Most of his court cases are being thrown out. Court cases in Michigan and Wisconsin, they look awful, quite frankly, because there's a lot of Democratic institutionals at play there and and a lot of elected representatives who just, quite frankly, don't like Trump. And it's obvious. I mean, we saw the mayor of Philadelphia uh, come out he was he was angered and he, he told Donald Trump to be a real man to concede. I mean, these people aren't even hiding it anymore. And and that's fine, because quite frankly, it's not their job to hide it. They were elected officials to represent their constituents. And if they, you know, express an anger towards the president who won't step down, that's not a problem, because if the if their constituent agrees, then they're doing their job. And that's something that's lost on a lot of people. A lot of people say, you know, you need to have respect when it comes to everything. I agree that respect is what makes the world go round and and kindness and understanding in democracy is incredibly important if we want to get anything done. With that said, when a an elected representative is representing, you know, doing their job as a public servant, it, it is it is well within their rights to express the anger of a community in in in, you know, words. Now, Donald Trump doesn't seem to understand that as he incites violence, but words are all right. We've seen them be used on a number of occasions. Uh, and, and it's I'm more than fine to see people like the Pennsylvania. And there's also the Secretary of State who who's quite angered. Uh, and again, guaranteeing of no fraud, which, like I said, widespread, not possible. The, the biggest issues that come from these fraud conversations are often the fraudulent nature of the videos themselves that seem to incriminate people. They're videos uh, of Trump supporters chanting outside of Uh, ballot counting places because there were rules and regulations saying they couldn't look inside at the ballots being counted because that is technically voter intimidation of course donald trump says this is just them hiding you know vote either throwing away ballots or whatnot and there was a video of course of someone throwing away a piece of paper at a polling place this was you know widely spread on facebook and twitter within you know minutes and that's the issue with social media is that it only takes minutes for these things to gain thousands and thousands of views and likes this, this this was circulated, of course. It later came out that it was just the envelope that the ballot came in that, that the, the poll worker was throwing out, but it was too late because plenty and plenty of people aren't going to go back to look into that story to see if it was true a few days later. They're going to go on with their life thinking that there was a case of fraud and that's how it was. Uh, also, you look at places like uh, Arizona. There was a video of people back in 2018 uh, at a California ballot trying to open the ballot box. Of course, this was... Uh, Propagated to be in Arizona, and of course, people were saying this is, of course, fraud. Uh, there was also a number of, you know, videos of either a van or you know a vehicle of some sorts carrying in or out ballots. People were accusing them of fraud, largely speaking, which I, I find this to be an interesting string of events. It was usually a news organization's van. Of course, they have inconspicuous white vans, uh, so that doesn't help. To be quite frankly honest, uh, but with that said. It doesn't matter because, again, there's yet to be a case of fraud proven on a large scale other than, you know, anecdotal nothings that that always turn out to be false. So when elected officials say, you know, this is integrity, this is fine. The election was done. And even even international observers have said it was a peaceful and orderly election that was, you know, proven to be through and through democratic it it's an issue. And of course it's a partisan issue because you look back at twenty eighteen, looking back at twenty sixteen, who was calling who was sore loser in twenty sixteen. Donald Trump and the the MAGA their support base was of course ragged on everyone who was Democratic, everyone who voted, even third party, they were they were utterly convinced that of course that the process was perfect. And Democrats called that a, a rigged election. They said things were rigged. They said the Russians had rigged the whole thing. It was a problem. It wasn't a good reaction and it, and it never is to accuse you need to you know accept the defeat with grace and that's a problem for a lot of people but again we're looking at the inverse just based on the situation and that's how partisan politics works and we see it all the time and it's a shame and it needs to end and it's only going to end with the two party system Though that's a that's a grander thing to talk about at a later date looking at Donald Trump now looking at these people claiming you know these uh, election results are wrong there's a there's a glaring problem for that argument that I think a lot of people overlook if it's true that these ballots were incorrect then one would presume that the ballots that had elected every republican senator in states that were very close or in states that you know looked blue in polling and then went red it, w- it would be presumed that these ballots would be fraudulent as well so if Donald Trump is going to have a re-election then, you know, not a re-election as in being re-elected, rather another election. If we were to entirely vote again, I would imagine that we would have to re-vote on the Senate because it seems that it was fraudulent as well if those ballots were truly, you know, had no integrity, if they were truly fraudulent. So, again, the argument falls apart under any real direct scrutiny, but that's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for logic. They're looking for emotions. They're looking for feelings. Feelings over facts, and I can't believe that that's the party of Ben Shapiro. Oh, so famous for saying facts don't care about your feelings. So when you look at the media, who's who's starting to dig into their positions of Biden won, Trump lost. Even places like Fox News, who are now having people on like John Bolton, people like Chris Christie, even even their own anchors, uh, it's it's getting untenable. It's not a situation that they can they can keep up because their their constituents on Fox News, Tucker. Carlson recently got into hot water over his inability to pander hard enough. That's looking bad for them. So, as a news organization, and as news news organizations go, I'm I'm finding that you know mainstream right wing news sites are having a lot of difficulty, and we could certainly see a you know devolution of of, of Fox News and a, a propping up of places like OANN, which is I think an issue because the more radical your news. The less centrist your news, the less rather, rather than being leftist, right, or partisan, the less true your news is, the more difficult is it is going to be to have a true discourse in this country if people only get their news from the young Turks and OANN, which again, I'm not saying that either of these news organizations doesn't have the right to exist, or either of these news organizations don't have a base to talk to, to propagate to. That's not what I'm saying. But I will say as an objective observer, it is much better to have a factual, factual news organization that is far more centrist. And it just happens that they correlate similarly because every time you twist the facts a little bit, it gets less untrue, but definitely more for your point. And then you look at places like the Young Turks or OANN, and of course, they're making very compelling cases for why they're the only right ones out here. And you look at the story and they kind of stretch every little aspect. And again, there's nothing wrong with having an opinion and there's nothing wrong with telling, you know, if there's a willing audience, there's nothing wrong with letting that audience know how you feel and how you think that they may need to feel. But it is important for democracy to have a, you know, a a free media that is not necessarily filled with, you know, either social media t- style, Twitter lies and, and quite frankly, just obvious, you know, falsehoods and more mainstream media who dresses up the falsehoods and makes them look nice in a suit and say, you know, it's not true, but and then, you know, continues on with a with a really clean and slick look of, of actual professionalism. That, that's the issue there. So, of course, it's, it's, it's a huge problem that is, is going to take a lot more than one man to fix. And I don't think there's any one solution to any of it because media is so all encompassing. Uh, but with that said, we, we will need to look for it in the future. We will need to look for something that could possibly counteract it. And no, of course, I know there are going to be detractors saying that, oh, oh, he wants a state-run media. No, I don't want a state-run media. Actually, quite the opposite. I think the more news outlets there are, the more, you know, there will be just basic statistics. There will be ones that are more truthful. And I think you find that the ones that are paid to get the truth like an NPR or local media affiliates. I think local newspapers are incredibly important and they've been dying just because of the the nature of journalism these days. They've been dying in the thousands because it, it's just not tenable to have a reliable base if all your money you know if your nine dollars a month isn't going to the local newspaper but instead going to Fox News or the New York Times it's, it's 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 no longer going to to thrive as an industry. So there's a number of things you could do about it again, not really. going to get into policy here. But just as a general statement, media is what propagates this. And we saw it in 2016. And now we're seeing it in 2020. And we're paying for it. And our inability to counteract it is, again, I mean, we saw Twitter and Facebook try to contend with Twitter has this little handle at the bottom of of any election related tweet saying this may or may not be true, uh, yada, yada, yada. And, and at the same time, you've got places like Facebook trying to outright censor political ads and political posts for, I think it's a week before the election and so on. But again, there are issues with free speech there that you, you kind of just can't overlook. And even as private corporations with the power to censor things, that makes you deeply unpopular. And it makes you you know highly unlikable, quite frankly. Uh, people like Dorsey and, and Zuckerberg do need to understand this, and I'm sure they do. Um, so... It's it's again, it's a very convoluted issue, but you look at the election, you look at the results, you look at the polarization on both sides and you see the entire culmination of this. There are root problems and root problems come from institutional distrust and the media. Uh, And again, I don't want to I don't want to demonize anyone in the media specifically or non-specifically. But as a, an industry, it has started to fail just the general population based on its polarization. I think that's, again, it's, it's increasingly self-evident every single election. It's increasingly self-evident every time there's a national crisis or a national event. You have two sides, and they're always directly opposing. When's the last time we agreed on something? I don't know. I suppose the media agrees on foreign intervention quite a lot. Um, but of course, most Americans don't support that. So that's just a, a level of corruption at, at some point in the ladder. That is, again, an entirely different issue that I don't even want to think about right now. But when it's all said and done, it's all a culmination of this. And it's it's a it's a gross pyramid of problem on problem. And if you can't get rid of the bottom, you'll never get rid of the top. But at the same time, you can't stop the bottom until you get rid of the top. So it's it's a tough nut to crack. And it's it's going to be difficult. It's going to require a substantial change in the future to stop things like this. And I think Donald Trump inciting violence and, and continuing to corrode public trust in institutions, it, it's honestly the worst thing he could do. And I'm sure he's reveling in it because he's a sore loser and he can't get over the fact that he lost to Joe Biden, who, no offense, is no Obama. He, he is no charismatic Obama. He is no Ronald Reagan. He... He is much more of a Jimmy Carter without the honest look, uh, and and it makes I'm sure that defeat all the worst for Donald Trump. But it's it's going to take substantial change, and we're gonna have to see where it goes. Thank you for listening through to the end. We'd really appreciate it if you check us out at Aligning America on Instagram and Twitter. And if you really enjoyed it and want more content like this, be sure to head over to our Patreon to ensure we can keep putting out episodes changing hearts and minds one podcast at a time. Thank you.